The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. With Devontae Adams and Zadarius Smith seemingly unhappy in Green Bay, it may not just be Aaron Rodgers that's causing trouble in Titletown. I talked through the impacts of this on the NFC North and specifically the Chicago Bears on this episode of Bear With Me. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron Podcasting Network. And today I want to talk through a situation that's been brewing all offseason with tweets from Adam Schefter about Aaron Rodgers, mostly regarding Aaron Rodgers, that seems to be heating up over the last couple days as Devontae Adams, obviously Packers star wide receiver, and Zadarius Smith, the Packers primary edge rusher, and you could even make the the argument, maybe their most high-profile defender, depending on how you feel about Jair Alexander, who I think is probably a little better, but that's besides the point, have seemingly joined the fray of being upset at the Packers' front office based on tweets from Ian Rappaport yesterday, Friday, and Zadarius Smith, and a whole lot of articles from Pro Football Talk confirming what we can only call rumors to this point. And yes, I know they're just rumors, and that means that we can only speculate so much, and we really can't hold on to any of the as truth, but even so, it was a big enough deal when maybe just Aaron Rodgers was leaving the Packers in 2022. Now that he's potentially contemplating retirement per Ben Albright, and Devontae Adams and Zadarius Smith are also unhappy, us Bears fans have to talk about it because this has huge implications on the NFC North. Let's be honest, Bears fans, the green and yellow terror have been the class of the NFC North for years, if not decades, going all the way back to Favre and Rodgers, and really the only times that somebody has been able to beat them have been the 2018 Bears, some of the really good Vikings teams of late, which haven't been all that often, or whenever Rodgers gets hurt for an extended period of time, and even then, sometimes that injury stay isn't even long enough to keep the Packers from winning the division, let alone making the playoffs and making making noise with a surefire Hall of Fame quarterback under center. So when you take a look at this Packers team, potentially without Rodgers in 2021, I think it nosedives quite a bit. A lot of people are saying that they may get to the level of the Lions. I think that's probably being a little bit hyperbolic. The Packers do have a better team with guys like David Bakhtiari, obviously Devontae Adams, assuming he plays. I don't know why he wouldn't. And the other weaponry that they have. But when you substitute 
Aaron Rodgers, who I've always believed is one of the best three quarterbacks, if not the best in the NFL. And obviously that the best term is kind of iffy because Tom Brady is without a doubt the most accomplished and extraordinary player at his position. So let's just say like S tier, top flight quarterbacks, that they're all the same in their own way. Aaron Rodgers being extremely good. And then you downgrade to Jordan Love, who let's just take the rumors as they are. Practice reports seem to suggest that he's not developing well. The word that I keep hearing is he's not ready yet on Twitter. Twitter. And so let's run with that because the Bears have seen that a little bit in their starter, Mitch Trubisky, over the last couple seasons. We know what that looks like. That's a pretty hefty downgrade regardless of the personnel around you. So I don't know if the Packers fall to 3-13, and 13, but even if they fall to, I guess it's 5-12 and 12 now, 17 games, that's huge for a Vikings team and a Chicago Bears team that have been at each other's throats over the last couple of seasons. One of them's got to win the division, and that means one of them's got to make the play playoffs if Rodgers sits out, which we're getting a little off topic. Let's get back to Rodgers Green Bay and the situation at hand because there's a lot to dig into here. Basically, if you haven't been following the story so far, Aaron Rodgers has apparently been disgruntled, disappointed, and dissatisfied ever since the Packers drafted Jordan Love back in 2020. Rodgers, reportedly again, a guy who's often very thoughtful of his own legacy, didn't seem to like that the Packers tried to draft his replacement instead of just riding with him into the end of time until his body failed him, a la Drew Brees. And since then, he's been making his displeasure known in as many ways as a guy as cryptic as him can, with one of the major shoes to drop recently being an Adam Schefter tweet making all of this public and making his displeasure plain right at the start of the 2021 draft. And I mean right at the start, maybe 30 minutes before, in an attempt to screw up the Packers draft plans. Now, obviously they didn't go chasing another quarterback, so they're sticking with Love or Rodgers, and since then the Packers have been basically holding Rodgers' feet to the fire over the last couple of months, daring him not to show up or to do something. Frankly, this has all been pretty similar to back a few years ago when the Cincinnati Bengals had trouble with quarterback Carson Palmer, who did not want to play for the Bengals anymore, demanded a trade, and because the contract situation at the time didn't favor the Bengals in the slightest, like they'd be taking quite the hit to trade Palmer at all, they basically dared him to do something about it, and he retired, which is interesting, because at the time it worked, obviously Palmer eventually got out of Cincinnati, but even more than that, Carson Palmer was being represented by a man named David Dunn at the time, who obviously encouraged Palmer to retire, thinking it was the most strategic thing he could do. Interestingly enough, Aaron Rodgers is also being represented by David Dunn, so the same strategy could very well be in play. Obviously, we're about a week out from getting an actual answer to this one way or another. Heck, we could see anything from a hold-in where Rodgers reports but doesn't do anything at training camp to avoid fines, all the way to a potential retirement. Either way, this is a situation to monitor because obviously a Rodgers-less Packers team likely isn't contending for the NFC North, and this opens the door for, again, the Vikings and the Bears. But 
I'm about to dip my toes further into speculation than I've just about ever dipped them into. Let's be honest, folks. This hasn't really been a surprising storyline for the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, given that every report we've ever heard from, I mean, his own brother, Jordan Rodgers, on ABC's The Bachelor has been that Rodgers is, um, well, the mean word would be petty. The nicer word might be he's very reserved and self-focused. So... Him being insulted that the Packers tried to draft an heir apparent right out from under him, actually, that I don't think that that's all that surprising. How far will he go to to make the Packers pay for what he may view as a deep insult to his career and his legacy? I don't actually know. For, again... Per Jordan Rogers, his brother, Rogers cut off all contact with his own family after, I'll leave that to family business, I don't need to know, but the point is, is that Rogers is not one to seemingly acquiesce under pressure just because he's being viewed as the bad guy. And in fact, when you go all the way back to his performance in The Match, where he showed up to interviews with shirts that said, I am offended, it's clear Rogers is trying to get a message out, no matter how cryptic that is. And the fact that Adams and Zadarius Smith now seem to be disgruntled as well, calling their future in Green Bay into question, really sticks with me because it shows that maybe the Packers' plan, as shrewd as it may have been at the time, to try to say, okay, well, let's see if we can get two more good years out of Aaron Rodgers, obviously one of which he wins the MVP in, then we'll move the de- or then we'll move him, see what kind of uh, draft compensation we can get and go from there. We'll reload the roster around Jordan Love, who will be developed at that time, and then, you know, we'll be right back in it, just like we were with Aaron and Brett Favre. Basically the same plan. But... You know, it highlights how interesting the human element to football is because it seems as if whether this is because the players have seen love and don't like him or whether they just don't like the way they're being treated, Zedarius Smith and Devontae Adams seem to be showing cracks in the foundation as they aren't happy to be in Green Bay and just take this plan and run with it. It's been a real change to watch this happen because I remember when I was growing up in football, it was assumed that a player under contract was going to play for that NFL team. I mean, I remember Carson Palmer, to go back to that earlier example, being vilified for just the idea that he had the audacity to not show up and not play when he had signed that contract. At this point, it seems like Rodgers is getting a little bit more love. Look, maybe it's because I'm in Chicago circles and we would we would love to see Aaron Rodgers retire for even a season so that it, maybe Justin Fields' Bears team might just squeeze into the playoffs, you know, or Andy Dalton, but come on. Come on, it's going to be Justin Fields one way or another. But it will be really interesting to see what happens in Green Bay because they're $35 million, I hope I'm getting that right, give or take, over the cap next season over the cap next season and that assumes Aaron Rodgers sure but that makes keeping Devontae Adams who's an unrestricted free agent in 2022 pretty tough especially if uh, Zadarius Smith wants an extension it's frankly likely he'll get cut because his restructure pushed his cap number up to 28 million dollars that's a major thing that he's upset about it'll be interesting to see what happens with this Packers core as they go forward if it was me as a Bears fan and an unabashed fan of Packers schadenfreude i would love it if the packers had to ride jordan love for at least a season or two so that packers fans got to experience what life was like in the have not section of the nfl's have and have not quarterback setup but at that point we're getting a little sidetracked 
What I do find really interesting getting back to the Packers is, again, Aaron Rodgers' disappointment and disgruntled attitude makes sense to me. He's a guy who cares a lot about himself. He's a phenomenal quarterback, has been a phenomenal quarterback, and is a, at least a two-time winner of the MVP. Again, I'm I can't remember if it's more or not, but I know he's at least won it two times. So he's obviously a player that's very, very talented. And the team decided they were going to draft a raw rookie and clearly express that they were moving on from him before he was going to have the chance to move on from them. I mean, to put it in simple terms, it's like a breakup and nobody likes being the victim of the breakup. Everybody would probably prefer to be the person initiating the breakup. And Rogers has since then been looking for that spiteful vindication of himself so that doesn't surprise me but what gets interesting is that it also doesn't surprise me that Devontae Adams would get disappointed and be hard to lock down in an extension term which according to Ian Rappaport extension conversations between Adams and the Packers have now broken off the two have been and I'm quoting him here negotiating for months but they are now in a bad place sources say this also doesn't surprise me, because a wide receiver's value is very largely determined by the quarterback that they play with, and if you don't believe me, just take a look at Allen Robinson, who I think is a phenomenal player, and his issues with the Chicago Bears, likely based on valuation, due to the fact that he's played with Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky, and in his past, Blake Bortles. So, a wide receiver wants to produce, and they want to hit that max production so that they don't feel the need to adjust their numbers, and you can tell because Devontae Adams, if I had to guess, is basically going to ride or die with Aaron Rodgers on this because why would you risk your next contract's money playing with Jordan Love and therefore underproducing? So Adams makes sense too. It's frankly Smith that really throws me for a loop because a Aaron Rodgers and his number one wide receiver potentially sticking together on contract disputes and disgruntlement unsurprising, but an edge rusher on the other side of the ball starting to get upset over, in his case, it's the automatic exercising, which is standard practice, to be totally fair to the Packers, of his guaranteed contract money, therefore making pretty much nothing player-friendly in the way that they restructured his contract, and frankly, almost guaranteeing he's going to get cut unless he's extended, he doesn't like the way that he feels like the team jerked him around. So, I have no idea what to say about whether that's fair or not. Again, it seems like it's a standard practice based on what I can find and read, but I don't know. It's just interesting to me that Zadarius Smith is now also disappointed with the Packers franchise, and that leaves three major stars on a team with, again, a lot of high-profile players. David Bakhtiari, not upset. Jair Alexander, not upset. Other Packers linemen and so on and so forth. Aaron Jones, for instance, not upset, who they actually locked up to a pretty long-term extension. But even so, if the foundations are starting to crack and the Packers end up left with Jordan Love, an expensive running back, a corner, and an offensive lineman, that may just not be enough to elevate them to the level that they are anticipating and, if anything, frankly returns them to what it felt like to be a Bears fan for a while there, where you feel like you've got some pieces, but the NFL is going to prove you wrong either through injury or just poor play, and your quarterback isn't good enough to cover up for it, so you're stuck. I would love to see the Packers in that position if I was going to play devil's advocate just to play the other side, try to keep this as fair as possible. Reportedly, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams both posted the same picture of Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan walking on and off the field. I 
I I haven't seen The Last Dance. I know I need to, but as a Dallas fan, I just the, I don't have that connection to the Bulls team that I know Chicago fans do. But the the point is is that everybody that I have seen interpret this has said it looks like their Rogers and Adams are saying that this will be their last dance. So a retirement may not be Rogers' first choice, but we'll have to see. Again, it's becoming quickly just a matter of how spiteful does Aaron Rodgers want to be? Who, what does he want to do? Is he willing to give up potentially 5,000 yards and 30 or more touchdowns on his career record? Or does he care enough about legacy that that's non-negotiable and he's going to play and it's just a matter of when he loses this game of chicken between him and the Packers? I don't know. Part of me thinks that Rodgers wants to make this hurt as much as possible, but I'm just speculating, and at the end of the day, I don't want to see him in a Packers uniform this next season, so who really knows? But either way, it looks like it's quickly becoming a foregone conclusion that this will be Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams' last seasons in green and yellow, so at least that's good news for Bears fans. It's just a matter of whether the Packers botch things enough that they manage to blow this opportunity to at least compete in a 2021 season, which obviously, fingers crossed. Either way, it's an interesting situation to monitor, and as training camp heats up, I think we may get better and better and better answers going forward. It is admittedly hard for me to see Rodgers not playing after posting on his own personal Instagram an image of, like, the last dance, even anything calling back to that, but... It's all speculation until the rubber meets the road anyways, so if the Bears do somehow come away with a true dream offseason of pulling in a quarterback without costing too much, just a first-round pick next year, which, nothing to sneeze at, but obviously if you get a franchise starter for one first-round pick, you will get over it, just like the Kansas City Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes and I believe actually Deshaun Watson with the Texans, scandal be darned, but... Then also Aaron Rodgers retires, Devontae Adams follows suit, and the Packers implosion begins in 2021-2022. This, I mean, it's been a dream outside of free agency, which was obviously a bit of a letdown. So we will just have to keep our eyes on the situation, keep our nose to the ground, and see what happens next. I'm going to step away for a, so that the sponsors can get a quick word in, but after that, we're going to talk quickly about the impact that a potential Rodgers absence would have on the Vikings and the Bears in a little bit better detail. So I'll see you guys on the other end. Stay tuned. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
And we are back with Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron Podcasting Network, talking through Packers rumors of potential Rodgers absence, and now the impact that'll have on the Bears and Vikings' individual 2021 seasons. Now, it is interesting we're talking about quarterback disgruntlement and controversy because reportedly Kirk Cousins was not a big fan of the Vikings drafting Kelling Mond, which, uh, look, if I could be really honest, if you're threatened by the fact that the Vikings drafted a third round quarterback like I don't know I'm not gonna ever call into an athlete or into question an athlete's confidence or attitude I'm gonna try not to anyways and just take it for at face value but the fact that Kirk Cousins a 28 million dollar guaranteed guy and consistent leader of the Vikings feels threatened by the fact that the Vikings drafted a third rounder seems a little rich to me but I, I get feeling threatened at quarterback. It's it's such a push-pull, by the way. Just speaking a little bit on quarterback tangentially, where you want to feel, as the starter, that you don't have to prove anything to anybody. That you can just play your game, and you can practice at your speed, and you can focus on the opposing defense instead of feeling like you got to look over your shoulder and make a better pass in camp or in practice than the guy behind you did. Basically, imagine Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. It's going to be extraordinarily hard for Andy Dalton to really focus on the team ahead of him, especially during camp, and focus on the offense because he's also known, he, he's also got to know that there's somebody behind him that is ready to get the ball as soon as he can. And that guy, in this case, Justin Fields, gets a lot more benefit of the doubt than Andy does. Think about it this way. You know how when a quarterback is young and they play <laughs> terrible football. Let's let's pick Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen's not a bad example. They play really, really bad football as a starter. We say, ah, they're a rookie. Don't worry about it. They'll get better. They need to make their mistakes. They need to take their lumps is something I hear all the time. And they'll come out better on the other end of it. Well, that's benefit of the doubt working. Whether it's potential, whether it's real or not, a lot of times we, like the Bears fans did with Trubisky, will kind of give rookies a pass, especially after a pretty nasty 2017 season, because they're young. So the fact that they are a rookie, therefore means that they can stink for a little while and nobody will worry about it. But when you have that guy behind you, all of a sudden Andy Dalton has no benefit of the doubt whatsoever. Maybe that's what Kirk's worried about, because I know if Andy Dalton throws an interception, you're going to see Twitter clamoring for Justin Fields, very similarly to the way that, going back to Trubisky, he had a quick, quick hook when Nick Foles looked over his shoulder, so you never know what's not only going to happen in Chicago, but what's going to happen across the league. I don't think that there's almost any setting where Kirk gets pulled for Kellen Mond because I feel like that's a pretty irreversible decision. It's going to be hard to pull uh, Kirk Cousins so that you can then play Kellen Mond and then go back to Kirk Cousins. But very similarly, in the Bears setup, if they pull Andy Dalton, there's really not a setting where I think it would ever benefit them to go from Justin Fields back to Andy Dalton. Either Fields is going to show you something or he's not. I know that that's, that's not even even good analysis. I don't think that's good analysis. I think that's way too surface level, but there's truth to it. If you don't see any flashes in Fields' game, similar to the way that Dwayne Haskins never just about flashed or had so many unflashes, whatever the opposite is, sizzles, nah, uh, so many poor moments that you never had confidence in him as a starter. If Fields can't deliver 
any confidence that he's growing, getting better, or has something to offer, you're in enough trouble, and going back to Dalton just isn't on the table. But anyways, yeah, quarterbacks, they like feeling that security, so maybe that's part of the reason Cousins would be a little bit miffed. But getting back to Rodgers' impact on the North and the playoffs, I think it's safe to say it's pretty drastic. Let's use USA Today's recent record projections as a decent barometer. And look, USA Today is the same group that picked the Bears going 3-13 and last year, so I am well aware that they are just not the best outlet in the world when it comes to win-loss projections. Frankly, I think win-loss projections can be kind of a nightmare anyways, because even if you go through the schedule, when you looked at the Bears 2019, schedule, you would have thought it was incredibly hard. Uh, what a good Chargers team they're going to face, even if they're at home. And then they're going to have to go to the Superdome, or no, they're going to host the Saints with Drew Brees. He's going to tear them up, and just going through a whole bunch of these teams that, I mean, admittedly, the Bears lost to both of those games, but both of those teams, in Drew Brees' case, he wasn't there. They played Teddy Bridgewater, and in Phillip Rivers' case with the Chargers, that Chargers team was a bad. I mean, put him in position to draft Justin Herbert for a reason, but so, you never really know with scheduled projections and win-loss projections, but just to pick one team, one group's opinion, USA Today currently has the Packers projected at 12-5, and Vikings 10-7, and Bears 7-10, and Lions 3-14. and With the Packers losing Aaron Rodgers, I think it's likely that that record flips. I mean, maybe they go 6-11, and 7-10, and but either way, I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings and the Bears picked up two wins each. So the question then becomes... If the Bears and the Vikings both pick up two wins, the Bears move to somewhere in the 8 and 9 slash 10 and 8 or 10 and 7 region, somewhere in that nebulous. And the Vikings also inhabit the same nebulous, maybe with a slightly higher ceiling, then who's going to win their games? Because when it comes when it gets that close in a divisional race, those head-to-head games make all the difference in the world. And that's where I think that this North season could become extremely interesting because the Bears and the Vikings play each other in the last game of the season. I'm not going to guess whether it's week 17, probably week 18, but yeah, we're all, uh, any of us in the quote-unquote blogosphere media, we're all getting used to this whole 17-game thing. So bear with me if I make a mistake. But can you imagine a more exciting ending to the 2021 NFC North than a potential square off with the division on the line and the Vikings and the Bears after a love-led Packers team just couldn't live up to Packers teams of the past? I can't. Especially since when you get into the matchup stuff, it feels as if the Bears, I hate being a homer, might have an edge. I mean, I want to say that things would be even, but I've thought that the Vikings would win a lot more games against the Bears every single year since 2018, and the Bears keep finding a way. At this point, the Nagy-led Bears are 5-1 and one against the Vikings, and while that very well could mean that the odds are ready to swing back into a more normal 5-3 and three state if the Vikings just get the Bears number, it seems as if things are on the other foot. Certainly, Kirk Cousins seems to struggle to play against the Bears defense almost no matter who's on the field with Khalil Mack almost always having one of his best games against Cousins in that setup but the Bears also used their I mean I thought it was pretty fundamental offense if not simplistic offense led by Mitch Trubisky to tear up the Vikings in Minneapolis last year with Mitch playing one of his best games as a bear ever. So whatever Matt Nagy's got in his water bottle, whatever secret stuff he's cooking up over there for when they play our purple rivals, I hope he keeps it up because that really could be all the difference. 
remember getting away from just the head-to-head dreams and bears win final game of the season they're going to playoffs like that kind of stuff that you go to bed thinking about i go to bed thinking about it but getting away from that remember that as far as the bears path to the 2021 playoffs any concerns about schedule go out the window when you're talking about getting in through your own division the only other people in the nfl that are going to play a schedule similar to or at least as hard as the bears this next year who have one of the toughest schedules in the NFL are their own division mates because the Vikings have to play basically the same schedule as the Bears. The Packers have to play basically the same schedule as the Bears. The Lions basically have to play the same schedule as the Bears. These things are set up based on divisions like pods. So again, this could set the stage for a 9-8 and eight Bears team that just beat the Vikings in Week 17, making the playoffs, and they're probably not going to win a Super Bowl. But hey, depending on how Justin Fields has developed, it could at least be more fun than getting obliterated by the Saints in a 3-21 game that could have been 3-10 and we still would have lost. I've watched that game way too many times. Not the Saints game specifically, but a Bears game in which it's a high-profile setup and it becomes very clear very early that the Bears have just about no shot at scoring. And, oh shoot, no, it's not 3-21, it was 9-21 because of that touchdown at the end. But you guys get the idea. I would love to see this Bears team scratch and claw their way into the playoffs, especially doing it through their own division, but to keep the spirit of this podcast alive, it really all hinges on Aaron Rodgers' own personal decision and where he stands with Green Bay's front office, so we're just going to have to wait and see. The nice thing is, I don't think the Bears need a playoff appearance. They need going just off of gut feel to not embarrass themselves, and their offense needs to play better than it has even against a nightmare gauntlet of a schedule. But the playoffs, with Justin Fields in tow, I really don't think that that's required anymore. With Andy Dalton, honestly, I think it was. I think that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy were going to have to show something or go. But with Justin Fields, obviously nobody thinks that organizational instability is good for a young quarterback, and since everybody seems pretty high on him, I am too, but everybody inside the organization seems pretty high on him, I get the impression that they've got at least another year, if not maybe even three more years already. So... If Rodgers plays and the Packers make the playoffs or the Vikings make the playoffs, no big deal because at that point the season will be all about Justin Fields showing a little bit of something and then the Bears move into a 2022 season where while they don't have a ton of cap space, they can certainly keep pulling the foundation back under them, hopefully trade down in the draft, take some solid defenders to start restocking a defensive cupboard that's aging quickly and then make a push in 2023. But You know, if Rodgers does retire for even just a season and then end up traded out of the division, which I think would be likely in 2022, that just opens the door for a wild potential battle between the Vikings and the Bears with Justin Fields becoming a clear focus around the NFL because throw the records out the window, if the Vikings and the Bears are even near each other in that record competition, that Week 17 game will probably get elevated to prime time and could very well be the heroic moment from a quarterback Bears fans have been waiting for to show up consistently since Jay Cutler took snaps under center, where, say what you will about Jay, he left you with moments 
where he looked like he was going to be the guy, and then other moments where it just wasn't enough. Obviously, we would all love to see Fields succeed, and a Rodgers retirement could easily set the stage for Fields to show that as a rookie, and you know how the NFL works. Somehow, it always feels pretty cinematic. So we'll see what happens. I'm riding high on optimism. I also thought that the Bears were going to swing a trade for Russell Wilson, and I mean, hey, they tried to, but they didn't make it happen. So... Don't take my word for it, just wait and see. For now, let's have fun with this one way or another, because the record doesn't matter until it does. That's going to do it for me this week, folks. I've been Robert Schmitz. If you like what I have to say, feel free to follow me over on Twitter at Robert K. Schmitz. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-K-S-C-H-M-I-T-Z. My closing thought of the day is that Charles Tillman should absolutely be a Hall of Famer, and it's wild to me we haven't taken a retroactive look at him in any time in recent history because his forced fumbles and takeaways and the way he revolutionized the cornerback position I think makes him, I mean, it just fits to me, but that's a completely tangential thought thought here at the end of the podcast feel free to follow me over on twitter shoot me a message about what you thought of the show and until next time folks bear down and thanks so much for bearing with me 